0: is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 1030 AM Central Daylight Time here on this 420 2020. That's right, it's 420 day, so get your smoke on, bros. Uh, this is, uh, episode 233 of Bitcoin and yeah, that was gone for almost an entire week. So <clears throat> the reason is, is because my arm was on fire for a week. Literally. I mean, it, I, I, I might as well have just had the whole, my whole right arm in a cast for the entire week. I might as well have broken it. It was that bad. So what was it? A compressed nerve. It's, I went to a chiropractor. I know, I know, you, it's for those of you who hate chiropractors, but I don't, honestly, man, taking a whole bunch of drugs because my muscles are, are you know, compressing a nerve, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. And I've had good luck with chiropractors before. But even this guy, after he took x-rays, was like, dude, you got a compression in your C5, C6 vertebrae. It's not bad. But it is causing some problems and I am not going to be able to manually adjust you because if I do, you're going to end up in the emergency room. Yeah, even the chiropractor, right? You know, for for those of you who hate chiropractors, even the guy who will put your ass on a rack and zip your spine where it feels like it literally feels like a, a Ziploc bag closing when they pop your spine and do all this stuff that they do, even he was like, no man, I ain't touching this one, pal. Uh, he did some other things. Uh, but no, I was not able to get adjusted. And <clears throat> now my arm is almost, eh, almost back to normal. But, uh, I kept thinking, he's like, did, did you do anything like lift something or like, I'm like, no dude, I can't, I no. I, I got nothing for you. He's like, well, maybe it was something in your childhood, and I just couldn't remember what. And then one day, like about you know a couple of you know days after my first uh, set of treatments with a guy, it dawned on me that when I was around eleven or twelve or something like that, I got into a go kart accident and literally flipped that whole thing on my head. And this is like your old school. Uh, go-kart, no-roll cage, two-seater with a five-horsepower Briggs and Stratton, you know, recoil pull, you know, start engine, right? The problem, you know, the problem was is that it wasn't just me that went along for that ride. A girl that I n- grew up with, a neighbor girl, was in the seat with me, and I thought I would impress her by doing a spin-out said spin out uh did not occur and I ended up going 45 degrees uh, 45 degree angle into a garbage dumpster in the alley that effectively flipped us both over I mean it was bad the whole damn I mean her the go-kart everything was on my neck I'm lucky to be alive I'm lucky also not to be a quadriplegic I'm serious man so I'm getting the feeling that my stupidity as a child I can't believe I survived my childhood, uh, got, probably is what has, has caused this thing now, decades later. So, take-home lesson, don't be stupid. Stop trying to impress people. Normally, it doesn't work even if you pull it off. And generally speaking, you never really get to pull it off. So, anyway... Uh, First things up, first thing up, I need to uh, let you guys uh, know that I was on uh, Friday. I was on This Week in Bitcoin with uh, Adam Meister and Brecky Von Bitcoin and who else was there? Oh, yeah, Steven Levera. I was with two of the greats in the space. I was really honored to be on that particular show because... Stephen Lavera and Brecky von Bitcoin, two of my very favorite people in the space, and lo and behold, I got to be sitting right along, right alongside him, talking with Adam wherever Adam was. Yeah, yeah, because he's always all over the world. It was a great show. We talked about oil. We talked about what's going on with Coinbase and people depositing their checks, which I will get into a little bit, uh, a little bit today. But yeah, go check that one out. That's This Week in Bitcoin. And you can find um, Adam Meister's Twitter account by uh, going to or typing in at TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. And you will find his last tweets about This Week in Bitcoin. Come watch me drink beer and pontificate to the likes of Stephen LaVera about my stuff. (laughs) Just saying, bro. Just saying. Okay, next up in the stack, I ran across... Actually, somebody sent me this. Uh, at play, S-H-A-M-O-R-Y. Uh, Shamory. Play Shamory. That's about as, as best of the uh, uh, pronunciation that I can do. I think that's probably it. But <clears throat> it's car, It's a it's a card game, and it's a physical card game. You actually buy it. They send you a deck, blah, blah, blah. But you can go look at it by going to shamory.com. S H A M O R Y dot com. And if you go there, what you're gonna find is the card game, and and there's a video, and you can pre-order it. Okay, so it's pre-order only, right? But it's the classic game of memory meets the world of Bitcoin. Okay, so. Uh, let's see, uh, let's, let's see just a couple of, I'll read a couple of these things here for you. Kids and adults agree that Shamari is the perfect mixture of fun and education for anyone interested in learning about Bitcoin. Learn the basics of how mining works while earning Bitcoin rewards for each block you mine. So grab a friend or two and start mining today. Uh, let's see what else is here. Shamari players will not only have a blast while playing, they will also be exposed to key features that have kept the Bitcoin network secure over the past decade. This simple exposure will help individuals become more comfortable with Bitcoin and create the next generation of Bitcoin HODLers. Features that players will be exposed to include mining, target, nonce, reward, the Genesis block, block height, hash, difficulty adjustment and attack. Okay, so what we've got here is a card game that's based on the memory, you know, your, your basic, you know, memory game that a lot of us played when we were children. And it's a great, great thing to start your children off doing to get their mind working and being able to m- memorize stuff. And that's important. Um, but it does it in a way that talks about the key features of how Bitcoin works. So this is one of my, I haven't played it because it's obviously on pre-order, but the reason that I'm, I'm talking about it is that anytime I see anybody who figures out a way to gamify learning, I want to I at least put a shout out for them because that, in my opinion, is probably one of the best features of games, whether they're board games, card games, video games, it doesn't matter. Being able to learn something without sitting at a desk and all those desks in a row, listening to somebody at the head of the classroom tell you to memorize this and memorize that, and you don't really know why you're memorizing it, and it's just not fun, right? So, it's that education is much less, in my opinion, is much less effective than if you can figure out a way to teach somebody something by having and also having them entertained at the exact same time. It looks like Shamory is doing, or is has at least set out to do that. So again, if you want to check this out, go to Shamory.com. That's S-H-A-M-O-R-Y.com. Uh, check it out, and let's see. Is there anything else in my stack before I need to move on to news? No, there is not. So it's the snooze you can use. Let's start with this one. Black Swan author urges use cryptocurrencies. This is Adriana Hamaker writing for Decrypt.co on April the 17th. Yeah, I know. I got a backlog. Come on, give me a break. Nassim Nicholas Taleb says that cryptocurrencies are the solution to banks in Lebanon and elsewhere, increasingly limiting access to hard currencies. So, Nassim Nicholas Taleb of Inserto fame, that's his series of, uh, series of books that include, you know, things like Fat Tony and um, Black Swans and all that kind of stuff and probably some high-scale math. I haven't actually read, uh, starting from the beginning, the Inserto stuff. I uh, uh, have a coat like the Black Swan on tape and... I don't really get it and i think one of the reasons is is that i need to start the inserto series from the actual first book and there's like eight books in it or seven or something like that it's a huge tome and by the time that man is done with this thing it's gonna be like a probably gonna look like a library anyway he is again the celebrated author of the black swan and fooled by randomness has urged Lebanese citizens to turn to cryptocurrencies as banks increasingly impose tighter controls amid a deepening financial crisis. The Lebanese-American author and former options trader spoke out on Twitter on Thursday, tweeting, Use cryptocurrencies. His entreaty was in response to a post about the Bank of Lebanon ordering foreign currency remittances to be paid out in local currency. Lebanon's financial crisis predates the most Recent economic fallout from the coronavirus pandemic, the Lebanese pound has lost half of its value since October after capital inflows dried up and protests erupted. By some estimates, the number of Lebanese living overseas is three times the resident population in the country. So many Lebanese rely on money transfer services from abroad. But on Thursday, the Lebanese central bank ordered foreign remittances to be paid out in local currency. At a market rate, the measures were taken to avoid a bank run. Taleb has voiced his approval of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies before, quote, I am very glad that we have cryptocurrencies, he said at a conference in India last December. Of course, you are going to have frauds and Ponzi schemes and all that with Bitcoin and crypto. But when you see governments like in Lebanon doing the Ponzi's, you tell yourself what is better, he said. Lebanon is not the only country limiting withdrawals and transfers of foreign currency. Banks in Egypt, Poland, and even the U.S. have imposed new restrictions In the past weeks, due to the economic crisis unleashed by the COVID-19, the unprecedented crisis has been referred to as a black swan event. Rarity, extreme impact, and retrospective, though not prospective, predictability are the characteristics of such an event, according to Taleb, who coined the term in his book. The Black Swan, published in 2007. He predicted a very strange virus spreading all over the planet, the active progress of which was associated with the number of people traveling. The outdated design of the aircraft, which allows the spread of infections in the cabin, combined with airport infrastructure unprepared for the epidemic, allowed travel to accelerate the spread of this dangerous virus, he wrote. But he doesn't believe the crisis precipitated by the coronavirus pandemic fits the black swan criteria. Quote, it's not a black swan, it's a white swan, he insisted last month in an interview with Bloomberg. Quote, I'm so irritated at people who say it's a black swan. We have had black swans. September the 11th, 2001 is an example. This was not that. And there's no excuse for companies and corporations not to be prepared, he said. Taleb's most recent mission is to instruct them how to do just that so looks like uh, Nasim is getting getting all in and it's, it's good that this particular gentleman is on places like Bloomberg talking about this. It looks like his star is continuing to rise. OK, so <laughs> speaking of idiocy, oh, God, <clears throat> the Daily Hodel, Daily Hodel staff writing for the Daily Hodel sometime today, which is 420. Crypto hackers want to negotiate after stealing $25 million in Ethereum and Bitcoin-pegged assets from DeFi protocol. Yeah, as if DeFi couldn't get any worse. Uh, Okay, whatever. DeFi is terrible. Come on. Hackers have successfully stolen $25 million from two separate pools on the decentralized lending platform DeForce, draining Ethereum and Bitcoin-pegged assets over the weekend. Mindao Yang, founder and chief executive of DeForce Foundation, confirms the hack was user of users' funds in a new blog post. Yang says that the crypto hackers have expressed a desire to negotiate. Oh, gee, why? Quote, the hackers have attempted to contact us, and we intend to enter into discussions with them, end quote. According to a report by Slow Miss, several cryptocurrencies, including multiple stable coins, were stolen operations of dforce's foundations or sorry operations of dforce foundations protocols lendif.me and usdx are temporarily shut down and the website is offline lendif.me is a decentralized money matching protocol that uses smart contracts for easy borrowing borrowers and lenders on lendif.me can deposit and withdraw usdx at any time subject to liquidity and users can lend usdx to earn yields god don't do the DeFi analytics and rankings platform DeFi Pulse shows that assets locked in the DeForce network plummeted by nearly 100% after the attack, wiping out all the holdings. God, Jesus. Good. Not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Okay. According to an analysis of the exploit by the team of Token Ion, or I think it's Token Ion or Token Lawn whatever t-o-k-e-n-l-o-n a decentralized exchange the hackers were able to exploit a vulnerability in the smart contract that links erc 777 tokens to uniswap slash lendif.me contracts slow miss reports that after stealing the cryptocurrencies the attackers converted it to eth and other tokens on decentralized exchanges Says Yang. "Quote: We are doing everything in our power to contain the situation. Contain. You lost everything. You don't contain that, dude. Geez. We have contracted law enforcement in several jurisdictions, reached out to asset issuers and exchanges to track down and blacklist the hackers' addresses, and engaged our legal teams. Yeah, decentralization works when you're not decentralized, like at all, because that's exact. Honestly." Guys, you should, I mean, that one paragraph right there should let you know that there's nothing decentralized about this. Law contacted law enforcement in several jurisdictions, not decentralized, reached out to asset issuers and exchanges to track down and blacklist the hackers addresses, not decentralized. Engaged our legal teams, not decentralized. Okay. All of this is a lie. Get Just guys. Again, I cannot stress to you enough, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Stop lending out your Bitcoin. It's going to get stolen. DeForce is one of China's largest decentralized, no, not decentralized, finance platforms for lending fiat-backed stablecoins. Last week, the platform raised $1.5 million in funding from Multicoin Capital, Hobie Capital, and CNB International. The weekend hack follows another DeFi exploit that happened earlier in April when BISC, a decentralized exchange that enables users to trade anonymously revealed that hackers had uncovered a critical security vulnerability that allowed them to steal $250,000 in Bitcoin and Monero from the platform. Okay. BISC is that even BISC that actually does strive for, you know, some semblance of decentralization. Even these guys are getting hacked. Okay. So, you know, it's, we're so early into all this, and all the technology that's coming out is—it's all nascent. Even Bisc, which has been been around for literally years, is not immune to this kind of crap. Why? Because when we say years—that's four, five, seven years—is that enough time to have rock solid shit? I don't know, man. The only thing rock solid after like you know eleven years, in my uh, opinion, is Bitcoin itself. But everything else that that Goes on top of it. I don't know, man. Taking, taking your life in your hands. Okay. Uh, vultures are eating each other. Crypto an analyst says clear competitor to Ethereum. Emerging as Binance reveals plan to launch smart contract platform daily hodl staff writing for daily hodl sometime yesterday binance is launching a smart contract blockchain to expand its ecosystem binance smart chain (laughs) is designed to work in parallel with the existing binance chain which is already up and running powering binance's decentralized exchange yeah be careful when they say that shit, guys Uh, It's probably not decentralized. The new standalone blockchain will have self-contained technical and business functions so that it can continue to run even if the Binance chain stops working for a short period. According to the newly released white paper, the Binance Smart Chain blockchain is compatible with Ethereum expanding the blockchain ecosystem and allowing it to work with most decentralized applications with zero or minimal charges. Yes, always the promise of zero charges. And it's always gotten us in trouble. Quote, to take advantage of the relatively mature applications and community, BSC Binance Smart Chain, chooses to be compatible with the existing Ethereum mainnet. <clears throat> the implementation should leave room for BSE to catch up with further Ethereum upgrades. Smart contract layer from Binance will combine the EOS delegated proof of stake and proof of authority systems to power a faster network performance and increased scalability. According to the development team, it will offer several key features, smart contracts, Binance Coin, staking, an open source platform, Ethereum compatibility, fast block times, and low transaction costs. Yeah, you just wait. Misari researcher Wilson Wathiam says the latest move by the crypto giant is a direct challenge to Ethereum. Quote, make no mistake, BSC is a clear competitor to Ethereum, and like that crappy chain EOS, That was me. One was with seemingly endless financial support. Oh, God. But money can't always override network effects. So in the near term, BSC is a more credible threat to other emerging ETH killers. End quote. By allowing staking. The new chain is intended to boost functionality for Binance's native token BNB, which just completed its 11th and largest coin burn on Friday, shrinking the total supply by three Was it 3,373,000 units or 1.69% valued at $52 million? (laughs) The idiocy. I can't handle it no more, man. Binance CEO, Shengpeng Zhao, confirms the company is on track to make over $1 billion in profits in 2020 due to record high trading volumes across its crypto offerings. And thank God that's the end of that one. So again, vultures looks it looks like the vultures are starting to to cannibalize each other. And how on on what planet could we exist that we would think that that wasn't ever going to happen. And the whole delegated proof of stake, proof of stake, proof of authority is just it's so gameable. It's so gameable that I I honestly it's it's almost like watching a couple of fish coming after, you know, like the third fish and fighting the third fish. And then they start fighting each other and then they just go away because they're just going to end up sucking the energy out of each other. It's just, it's, man, honestly, guys, just buy Bitcoin because apparently Bitcoin now buys 600 barrels of crude oil as prices fall below zero. I still don't get this one, man. William Suberg is writing for Cointelegraphs. On 420, the black gold tanks to lows almost unseen since West Texas Intermediate contracts began in 1983 while Bitcoin remains broadly steady at $7,000. A single Bitcoin now buys over 600 barrels of crude oil as an unprecedented sell-off takes BTC purchasing power sky-high. According to data from monitoring resources including Bloomberg on April the 20th, Futures for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate expiring in May shed 36% on the day. At press time, the contracts were worth $11.37, heading for their lowest since inception back in 1983. Despite attempts to cut supply, it appears oil markets may well fulfill the prophecy of Bitcoin proponents and fall to $10 per barrel or lower. As Cointelegraph reported, even United States Donald Trump forecast a barrel changing hands for $9, at the time, seemingly unfazed by the prospect. At the same time, the gap between May and June contracts or futures has widened, indicating that despite the route, belief remains that a major bounce back will occur. That wasn't enough to avoid some unlikely scenes elsewhere in the oil market. On Monday, Western Canadian Select even managed to break into negative prices quote even negative oil because shutting down production is more expensive than giving it away Uh, bitcoin price analyst plan b summarized there was an air of amusement among bitcoiners as prices dropped with btc usd remaining broadly steady at seven thousand dollars quote how long can you run an amp miner s9 with one barrel of crude oil casa holder co-founder jameson lop mused on twitter Others noted that even a single ether, $180, bought over 15 barrels of WTI. Well, West Texas Intermediate, while the black gold's volatility was plain to see compared to other macro assets. Year to date, West Texas Intermediate is down 64%. Jesus. So, Bitcoin has been broadly indifferent to the oil markets in recent weeks, mostly closing or mostly closely tracking movements in major uh, stock markets earlier. Coin Telegraph published five key factors likely to influence Bitcoin's price performance this week. So oil taking a dump. I mean, a huge dump. And in fact, it's such a big dump. We got Francis Pouliot uh, writing here. He says on Twitter that he's Googling, uh, these things, industrial diesel generators for sale, oil company bankruptcy auctions, Bitcoin miners bulk purchasing (laughs) and what he's getting at is this is the cannibalizing of the oil markets and the infrastructure around said markets uh, for Bitcoin mining because that's not out, you know, honestly, man, not outside the realm of possibility here. The thing that kind of sucks about this whole deal is for people like Steve Barber. and uh, Marty Bent and Great American Mining, it depends on where they're positioned, okay? It's not, it's not a death sentence. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that depending on how you're positioned, you can either benefit from this, stay stable from this, or go down in flames, honestly. I mean, because one of the things that, that the Great American Mining and people like Steve Barber are depending on is wellhead natural gas pressure. If those wells shut in, okay, which means that they just kind of turn them off and it's not that easy. It's okay. It's shutting in is not as easy as just shutting it down. There's some other stuff that goes with it, but a shut in is not permanent either. Okay. That it's, there's the ability to open the, the whole thing back up again. But if there's not any head pressure of natural gas at the well head, then bitcoin mining that is dependent on flare mitigation or bills themselves as flare mitigation it's it's not it is not a problem that is uh it's not something to sneeze at it's kind of it's kind of an important deal and right now i i don't know you know at all how great american mining nor do i know how steve barber is positioned um You know, I know what it is that they do. We all do, but exactly how they're positioned, well, generally speaking, people in their company are not going to talk about that. That's sort of like on need-to-know basis, right? So, honestly, I got my fingers crossed for the whole for the industry as a whole, the especially the 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 Bitcoin mining part of the industry. Clearly, I have my fingers crossed for that. But that's unless I'm missing something, it's going to be a little bit dependent upon uh wells not shutting down hand over fist and if the wells that are shutting down are wells where their mining equipment is then they would have to pick them up and move them to a pad that is not shut down and then where's the guarantee that that one won't shut down if we see this as a prolonged situation it's it's bad for everybody i've been through these before every time saudi arabia decides to sneeze, the entire, you know, oil market takes, you know, it's like getting their legs broken. Honestly, I've, I've seen some really bad shit, uh, because <laughs> my dad was in the oil industry for the bulk of his career. Actually, all of his actual career, uh, after post-college was in the oil, uh, somewhere in the oil industry and he most the bulk of that was actually done as him being an independent oil producer so he was definitely tied to what happened with saudi arabia deciding to take a giant dump all right so we i've seen it before on so many occasions it's not funny but that's going to do it for round one of the morning roundup Uh, let's got, get on into vital statistics. Let's start with traditional markets. Let's see what's going on here with CNBC forward slash market or CNBC.com forward slash markets. Uh, looks like the shit's moving sideways. S&P 500 is down, I don't know, one third of 1%. NASDAQ is up one third of 1%. Dow Jones Industrial is down two thirds of a percent. Uh, FTSE is up a half a percent. Nikkei is down one and change of a percent. So it's, eh, it's one of the, it's Monday, man. And nobody knows what the hell is going on. So everything's looks like it's just trading flat bonds uh, at this point. Who gives a shit? Because honestly, can you trust even this stuff? But again, I've got on oil. I've got a uh, a price of ten dollars and forty six cents West Texas Intermediate. That represents a seven dollar and eighty one percent plunge, which is uh, apparently on a twenty four hour period is a forty two percent drop in the price. Oh my God! Just an absolute bloodbath. In fact. It's possible this may well be worse than what happened in the mid-80s or late-80s when the Saudis decided to open the pipes on production. So, like I said, every time Saudi Arabia sneezes, the oil industry gets its legs broken. Now, on to happier things. Bitcoin is at a price of $7,053. We have a where's our low is going to be over at P2P, B2B at $6,970. Our high is going to be at uh, X rates, which I know actually is at bit asset, 7,150. So it's a decent spread, I guess. Uh, 282,000 Bitcoin have been traded hands over the last 24 hours, giving us about 12,000 transactions on average per hour. Only 693,000 BTC have traded hands in that period. And the average cent per hour was 28 29,000 BTC. Average transaction value is 2.5 BTC, and the median transaction value is a little low, 0.029 BTC, or about 200 bucks. Uh, block times are really low, 8 minutes and 53 seconds. We've had Let's see, 0.11 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis and about 18 BTC being taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. We've had a drop of a little right around 1% in hash rate, but we are at 113.5 exahashes per second, according to BitInfoCharts.com. Now, the last time nobody did any development whatsoever on Bitcoin was yesterday ethereum is at 179 bcash at 229 bsv at 191 litecoin at 41.9 ethereum classic at five and a half dogecoin at 0.002 <laughs> you gotta love the doge man Thirty three thousand transactions for the last 24 hours for doge it comes close to ethereum classic and it comes close to bcash but it really is just walking all up and down litecoin and that's about it now let's compare the hash rate with my node my node is looking at the hash on the network and it's saying 115.4 exahashes per second we've got 10.8 megabytes in the mempool representing about 6500 unconfirmed transactions now as far as the last 10 blocks are concerned All the blocks are full, so there's no mining chicanery going on there. Now, lightning given to us by Clark Moody Bitcoin, also known as Bitcoin.ClarkMoody.com. According to this, we have 957 BTC in the network. That represents $6.7 million in liquidity. We have 6,791 nodes representing uh, 36,393 channels. We have a TOR capacity of 404.4 Bitcoins, and the percentage is 42.2%. So the TOR capacity uh, is is getting, we're we're eking up to 50% of the Lightning Network being all TOR, that's gonna be nice. Number of TOR nodes is 1,983. So that's gonna do it for Vitals. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I see the future looking something like this. Really shitty fiat currencies from countries are going to flow into the United States dollar. And as the United States themselves turn that currency into a shitty fiat currency, which it kind of already is, but it's the strongest shitty fiat currency that we have amongst all the shitty fiat currencies, uh, it's still going to start losing its luster. I this is what I believe. Do I have any metrics on that? That any proof? No, it's gut feeling. I've been trusting my gut for a while. I'm still alive. Um, I I really think that USD is going after it gets start like is the you know after it completes its black hole of the rest of the world's fiat shitty fiat currencies, it itself is going to start flowing into Bitcoin. And other things. It's not going to just be Bitcoin. There's always going to be the absolute dweebs who believe that their shiny new shitcoin is going to be the next Bitcoin. So kiss their ass goodbye. Um, let's see what else. It'll go into gold. And I don't mind precious metals. I The only problem that I have with precious metals is when you're trying to transact a billion dollars across the world. It doesn't work that well. It's not... It just, it doesn't work. It's not, I mean, spe- it it well, it always has worked, but there's never been something else that you can use. And now we have Bitcoin, okay? So before Bitcoin, then ultimately gold was awesome, but still, God, the security that you got to line up, the shipping that you got to do, just, I mean, the, the physical movement of that much pounds of gold to have these huge transactions and the wait time, because this isn't something you fly, right? This is something you ship. You put it on a boat. That takes a long time, man. It takes a long time to transact. You're talking weeks, if not months, where I can just send a Bitcoin transaction for, I don't know, a couple of billion dollars if I had it and I wanted to huh? in an hour. Six confirmations in about an hour. Right now, be less, be like nine times six. So, uh, you know, that's, but from a local standpoint, like if I'm just going about my local day, going to the grocery store, I'm going to get my haircut, and I've got like a little gram of gold or whatever, and the person on the other end of the transaction says, you know what, I'm not going to make change. I just want a gram of gold. I'll give you a haircut unless you're getting like, you know, a really expensive haircut, then maybe it's two or three grams of gold, but none of this need for chopping it up. Okay. I think that that would actually happen. We wouldn't get this you know, If we, people were transacting in certain weights of gold, I think the market would collapse into, you know what, we're going to make it to where we're just going to accept a gram. Okay uh and if you want 20 loaves of bread you're going to have to buy 20 loaves of bread there will be something for, you know for that but i'm i'm just saying for local transactions where you can carry it physically on you and pass it physically between from person to person gold's not all that bad or or silver for that matter but anything, when we start getting outside of where we have, you know, drive for like four or five hours to go do that transaction, Bitcoin's your, Bitcoin's your ace in the hole. Okay, that's why I really believe that there's nothing to worry about in the Bitcoin world when it comes to gold. I really think that they're going to be walking hand in hand, honestly. But uh, we have this one from Andrew Hayward the uh credit agricoli managing director pegs usd as ultimate safe haven okay for now that's what i was saying fiat shitty fiat gonna flow to dollars dollars gonna flow to probably other things because nobody can trust these yahoos to do anything but screw up this was written april the 18th for decrypt.co um, let's see. Bitcoiners have long argued that their favorite cryptocurrency is a safe haven from economic volatility, but when the stock market tanked in mid-March as the coronavirus began its sweep across the United States, so did the value of it and every other notable cryptocurrency. Even gold, the original financial safe haven, suffered during the economic downturn. The crypto market has clawed back some of the ground it lost last month, but now the managing director of prominent French bank Credit Agricole, or Agricole, whatever, the world's largest cooperative bank, claims that it's good old United States dollar that is actually today's best safe haven. <laughs> Until it isn't. Quote, the dollar was and remains the ultimate safe haven. Until it's not. That's what I'm saying. Said Valentin Marinov, Credit Agricolized Managing Director and head of G10FX Strategy, To CNBC, quote, we've seen glimpses of that returning in the last few days when the dollar managed to regain some ground, end quote. Marinov specializes in the G10 currencies, which are 10 of the world's most traded fiat currencies and includes the United States dollar, along with the euro, pound, sterling, and seven others. He explained to CNBC that growing jobless claims in the United States will continue to push investors away from risk in the short term and that the U.S. dollar provides what he sees as a more reliable option for investors. The treasuries are really offering a safe haven that is unparalleled in its liquidity and the market is unparalleled in its depth. Marinov added, quote, so long as, oh, sorry, so long as investors worry about the economic impact of COVID-19 and that makes them more risk averse, the dollar would be the place to go, end quote. Overall, his guidance isn't very positive. Like the International Monetary Fund this week, Marinoff suggests that the global economy is headed towards the worst economic recession since the Great Depression, of course. Even amid the warranted doom and gloom, Across the financial sector, the crypto market has been steadily recovering. The crypto markets grew this week, recovering $15 billion of value in a single day as Bitcoin crossed, crossed $7,000 and other cryptocurrencies saw similar climbs. But when Bitcoin tanked along with global markets in the middle of last month, the credibility of Bitcoin safe haven advocates may take a little longer to recover. No, it won't. It depends on your time horizon. I mean, if you're just, if you're that impatient, well, then, yeah, but if you're that impatient, you got other problems. I'm sorry, you do. You got other problems. So take what this dude says with a grain of salt, but I really, the reason I read this is because it really started me, got me thinking about something that I've been thinking about for a long time, and that is the flow of value from horribly shitty current fiat currencies of other countries will go to the USD first on its travel to actual value. Because honestly, the only reason that the USD is strong or enjoys some kind of short-term safe haven status right now is because it's the least shitty of the shitty fiat currencies. And that's the only reason. I'm sorry, but that did that, that's it. That's the only reason. But some U.S. citizens look to be splashing. Their stimulus cash on cryptocurrency. This was written today. 420 from by Patty Baker for Coindesk.com. Nothing screams confidence in the United States economy more than swapping Federal Reserve issued money for a digital hedge against the mainstream financial system. See, I'm telling you, man, that uh, shitty fiat currencies. Into the least shitty fiat currencies into Bitcoin. The United States government issued more than 80 million dollars or 80 million stimulus checks, each for $1,200 last week, to be deposited directly into bank accounts. The payment is intended to give citizens affected by the coronavirus a few extra dollars to pay for essentials such as food and utility bills, which will be wiped out before it's even close to paying those bills. Come on. 1200 bucks I I laughed at it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, right, man. But it appears some proportion of Americans instead of spending their spin- stimulus check at Walmart, Amazon or wherever, may have decided to swap their dollars for crypto. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong tweeted earlier on Friday his exchange had experienced a, stud- a sudden spike in the number of buys and deposits worth $1200. Up Until mid-April, around 0.1% of total buys and deposits had been for $1,200. Then it suddenly spiked nearly 0.4% this week around the time many Americans started receiving their stimulus checks. Of course, it's impossible to say for certain if all these deposits were United States citizens looking for a new home for their government-issued shitty fiat currency. The graph doesn't specify what the split was between buys and deposits, so it's possible some customers may have simply parked their money in the exchange. We can't tell if these deposits even came from the U.S., but despite a soaring unemployment rate, most of the United States are still working and still getting paid. Many who are financially secure may have decided to invest rather than spend their stimulus checks. Investors aren't just heading over to Coinbase with their stimulus money. Speaking to Coindesk, a Binance U.S. spokesperson confirmed that they had also seen a spike in $1,200 deposits. Quote, people do seem to have deposited exactly $1,200 into Binance U.S. in the past couple of days, end quote, the firm said. Adding to the evidence last Thursday was also the single largest day for USD deposits into Binance US for more than a month. The spokesperson added but declined to go into the specifics of how many deposits that would be. Crypto prices took a hit. When COVID outbreak fears peaked in March, but they have since rebounded you know, for now. <laughs> With interest rates at record lows and other assets like equities reporting lackluster returns, some US investors may see this as an opportunity to try a new asset class. So there you go, man. Looks like everybody's just burning their fiat for actual value. So we've been talking about four, I've mentioned 420. So let's read this one from Tony Spiloto or sp- wait a bit. Spillotro. Spillotro. Spilotro? Yeah. Tony Spilotro. Yeah. Uh, he's writing for Bitcoinist.com says 420 day in crypto. Remembering the class of altcoins that went up in smoke. During the crypto hype cycle and asset bubbles that formed in late 2017, everyone jumped on the cryptocurrency bandwagon and scrambled to launch altcoins designed to power a specific industry or category. (coughs) Dumbasses. To celebrate the current 420-day holiday taking place across the globe, we're looking back at a small subset of altcoins that went completely up in smoke when the bubble eventually popped. There's an <clears throat> there's an altcoin token out there for just about everything imaginable. There's a Trump coin and a Putin coin, even Putin Classic. There was a Diet Bitcoin launched by Pablo Escobar's brother. Everyone has heard of Dogecoin, and there's even a token straight up called Useless Ethereum token, complete with full disclosure that the coins are completely useless tokens. <laughs> the token sales sold out completely. <laughs> For a short duration during peak crypto hype bubble, more altcoins were created with more serious tones aimed at powering a specific industry, such as dentistry with DentaCoin, or the pornography industry with SpankChain, WankCoin, or the Vice Industry token. During the same time frame across North America, more and more United States and Canadian provinces began legalizing recreational marijuana, causing a massive surge in interest and growth in the sector. Pot stocks caught fire and projects were launched for crypto tokens that would eventually underpin these these industries as the backbone. Pot coin, cannabis coin, hemp coin, dope coin, and others were all created out of thin air and launched for investors to get fleeced out of, oh, I'm sorry, to take a position in. Potcoin was among the first cannabis industry focused tokens to experience success. During the bubble, the crypto asset went on a roll from $0.001 per token to well over 40 cents per token at the all time high. Investors in the cannabis crypto were feeling just as high for one reason or another. Since that high was set, the altcoin went completely up in smoke. God, the. I, oh, this is I, the puns are just this is like dad joke worthy, man. And so did other marijuana focused altcoins, potcoin, cannabis coin, hemp coin, dope coin, cannation, canation, paragon coin, blazer coin, and all the other pot related crypto coins have fallen over ninety percent or more from their all time highs. Some have lost as much as ninety nine point nine percent of their valuations, leaving investors burnt out. Markets are cyclical. And while it's possible that these altcoins eventually will make a comeback, God, like, oh, I can't stop laughing. Time has shown that many industries don't need a crypto token and has since revealed that any projects designed to serve such purposes weren't well thought through business proposals and are completely unnecessary. Most will never recover anywhere close to their all-time high prices, even though the marijuana industry is thriving and growing rapidly thanks to widespread legalization across the world and an expanding acceptance as a recreational drug and medical treatment alternative. So, yeah, all the 420 puns all in one place just for you guys. Now, this is from Bitcoinist.com's Nick Chong. Cheech and Chong. Whatever. Is Bitcoin digital gold? The Federal Reserve tears narrative apart with new report. Oh, yes. Let's see what the Federal Reserve has to say about Bitcoin. I wonder what a buggy whip manufacturer would say about the automobile during the rise of automobiles. It's hard to say. I I can't imagine. I can't imagine what they would. Whatever. If you've been following Bitcoin for any period of time, you likely know of the narrative that cryptocurrency is some form of digital gold. The idea goes that because the asset has similar fundamental characteristics to the precious metal, both are decentralized money, scarce and hard to create, not controlled by a central authority, globally accepted and fungible, Bitcoin will become a gold-like asset with time, both in size and price action. Uh, that Watch out for that not controlled by a central authority. I find that rather bullshittish, okay? you you're damn right. Gold is controlled by central authorities, and they're all colluding with each other, which makes them one big central authority. Uh, gold prices have been screwed for years because of these people. So, yeah, not decentralized. Sorry, just saying. According to the Federal Reserve's Kansas City branch, however, it's way too early to even mention this narrative. In fact... The central bank ripped apart the sentiment in a recent report that went largely unnoticed by the crypto community. Yeah, because we don't give a shit what the Federal Reserve has to say about anything, much less Bitcoin. But in a note published last week on April the 15th, the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City claimed that Bitcoin is decisively not a safe haven. (gasps) my buggy whip noting that the asset has acted more like a risk asset than digital gold the central bank branch cited bloomberg data which showed that bitcoin during periods of stress shows that bitcoin operates with a positive correlation to the s p 500 index to a level quote significant at the five percent level end quote on the other hand during periods of stress 10-year treasury bonds and the price of gold has operated with a slightly negative correlation to the S&P 500, showing that BTC has not achieved the safe haven status. Oh, thank God the Fed's here to tell it, for telling me what the truth is. Although many agree with the Federal Reserve in that Bitcoin isn't digital gold, it's not digital gold yet. That That's to say, if the cryptocurrency hasn't achieved the digital gold or safe haven status already, it's getting there. In April's edition of Bloomberg Intelligence's crypto outlook, a key theme was that Bitcoin is slowly maturing towards trading like gold does. God, I hope not. A sign that it is becoming digital gold. The commodities desk specifically pointed to the adoption of the CME's BTC futures, the decreasing volatility on a macro scale, the growing correlation between gold and the cryptocurrency, and the growing number of users to back its assertion that Bitcoin is slowly becoming digital gold, not to mention with the block reward having, which will arrive in what estimates suggest is under 30 days. Bitcoin's inflation rate... Will begin to almost mirror that of gold, which may accelerate this ongoing process because, as it stands, BTC has the inflation rate higher than around double of most fiat currencies of the developed world, which is presumably hampering its attempts at becoming a digital scarce asset. Even though Bitcoin isn't digital gold yet, analysts have said or still said to buy the cryptocurrency in tandem with the precious metal due to macroeconomic trends. For instance, Arthur Hayes, BitMEX CEO, remarked in a blog post that he thinks that investors should buy a Bitcoin and gold for the ongoing monetary regime shifts, whereas money is becoming increasingly easier to get due to central bank policies. Yeah, no shit, bro. No shit. Okay. Honestly, gold prices had probably been manipulated. Oh, God. I don't even remember when we were able to get gold again legally. It was, when was that? It was like, was it the late, very late 70s or early 80s? I can't remember when we were allowed to actually, you know, as Americans, be free and go buy a metal. God forbid. <clears throat> but I, I think, you know, it's it's not like there hasn't been... You know, I'm not getting this because I'm putting the math together myself on the manipulation of gold prices. This is coming from tens and twenties of people who are the math guys in the business. And they've been saying for years that gold prices have been manipulated. And we saw a failure in the ability for large, large institutions to physically deliver physical gold a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know if that's still ongoing or not, but... Dude, something's got to give, okay? This is one of the reasons why I don't hate gold. But for people that think that gold is decentralized and it's a completely fair price, nah, dude, you're fooling yourself. It Honestly, gold probably should be priced a lot higher than it is. But then we get back into the physical ramifications of what it means to trade physical gold to trade value. It's heavy. It's really heavy. And honestly, man, unless like a, like a a one kilogram bar of gold becomes like worth something like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, it's always going to be difficult to transact large amounts of value. It's always going to be that way because gold by and large is a very dense, heavy metal. It just is. And that causes physical problems. So yeah, that's why I like Bitcoin and gold. There's no reason to hate one and like the other, and vice versa. Okay, and uh, now here's what you here's what you really don't see ex- outside of uh, let's say uh, Saudi Arabia. Bitcoin ATMs grow by 70%, adding over 3,100 machines worldwide. Again, written on 420. Ali Martinez is writing on 420 for CryptoSlate.com. He says the number of Bitcoin ATMs around the globe has grown substantially over the past year, suggesting growing interest from customers. Bitcoin ATMs, also known as BTMs, are popping up everywhere in the world as demand for a convenient on-ramp to the so-called safe haven asset continues to increase. Data from Coin ATM Radar reveals that over the past year, the number of BTMs worldwide rose over 70%. Now, more than six or 7,600 automated teller machines are distributed around the globe, providing customers with an easy way to buy and sell their Bitcoin. Even Nigeria saw its first Bitcoin ATM installed last month in response to the increasing interest and in adoption of blockchain technology in the country. Blockstale BTM, the company behind the Bitcoin teller machines in the African nation, want to distribute another 30 new BTMs nationwide to make Nigeria the host to Africa's largest population of BTMs. Daniel or Daniel Adekunel, sorry, I'm, I don't mean to butcher your name, dude. Blocksdale's BTM's CEO says, quote, despite all the legal uncertainties about cryptocurrencies in Nigeria, Nigerians happen to be the highest crypto traders in Africa. We hope this great innovation structures our economy and opens more opportunities to our youth and other business owners, end quote. While Africa represents less than 1% of all the BTMs distributed around the planet, the Western Hemisphere continues leading the charts with more than 80% of the installations. Indeed, the United States has more than 5,000 Bitcoin ATMs nationwide, with many operators reporting a significant increase in transaction volume. Mark Grins, co-founder of Digital Mint, affirmed that even during the lockdown, due to the widespread transmission of coronavirus, his firm is still driving a consistent amount of new and existing customer transactions traffic. Meanwhile, Liberty X has finally begun to expand the distribution of its BTMs, adding roughly 1,000 new machines in the past two months. Damn, Chris Yim, CEO and co-founder of Liberty X said, quote, we've gone from zero to several hundred ATMs in a little over a month. Additionally, our transaction volume is almost back to where it was pre-COVID. April 15th was one of our highest volume ATM days, the day many taxpayers received that stimulus check. Holy crap, man. The rise in popularity that Bitcoin ATMs have experienced over time in combination with Bitcoin-related Google searches going through the roof paint a clear picture about the retail demand for the flagship currency or Sorry, cryptocurrency. With more than three billion dollars worth of stablecoins sitting across multiple cryptocurrency exchanges and investors growing more optimistic about the global pandemic, it is just a matter of time before Bitcoin enters an extended rally with solid momentum, as Joe 007, arguably the biggest whale on Bitfinex, stated. Yeah, let's keep our let, let, let's keep our irrational exuberance under our hats, people, please. Because With irrational exuberance comes bullshit like this. Chinese Ponzi nets $10 million in Bitcoin to stop, quote, cruel cosmic entropy, end quote. Colin Harper writing for Decrypt.co sometime yesterday, not 420. A new Ponzi scheme is weaving its way through China and has captured roughly $10 million in Bitcoin. Have folks not learned their lessons from Plus Token? Before I get into the rest of this article, people, I'm going to say this. No, they haven't, nor will they. They're never going to learn. It's never going to happen for them. They're always going to be chasing the new shiny thing, and they're always going to get smoked. All right? How's that for a 420 pun? Ain't no rest for this scammy. Even in time of crisis, a new Bitcoin-related Ponzi scheme is making its rounds. The scheme claims it attracted 180,000 Bitcoin, roughly $1.2 billion, though it's probably only corralled around 1000 or so, roughly $10 million, security researchers tell Decrypt. Antimatter Kingdom, or AK for short, has been alive since April 1st. It's a cryptocurrency that it claims runs on the so-called Capital Cell Fission Blockchain, CXC according to its website. Its website also claims that CXC will compete with the cruel cosmic entropy law and make the development of commercial civilization lasting and orderly. What's more, the Ponzi scheme also promises exponential returns, which it calls the ecological exploration of a trillion-dollar value. Jesus. So what can you do to deliver the trillion dollar value from the bad, mad cosmic entropy? Handily, CXC's made it easy for you. Send some Bitcoin to CXC. And the protocol promises to mine AK on your behalf, which it'll then give you along with monthly dividends at Bitcoin. According to the project, there are three tiers of mining, AK infinite mining, CXC annihilation mining, and soul mining. To illustrate its scheme, CXC chose, into true Ponzi style, a literal pyramid. Cosmic powers aside, the AK token is, unfortunately, worthless. Though, like other Ponzi's, it makes small payments to some holders to save face. The majority of Bitcoin is being sent to exchanges, security researchers told Decrypt. Harry Denley, director of security at Ethereum Wallet MyCrypto, also told Decrypt that the scheme's private key generation appears to be fairly insecure. But their code is closed source, so it's impossible to know for sure, he said. Primitive venture partner Dovey Wan, an entrenched member of the Chinese crypto community, tweeted yesterday that the scheme is enjoying decent popularity in Asia and estimates that around 5,000 BTC has fallen into the hands of the scammers. Wan's claim might be a little exaggerated, according to independent blockchain researcher team Ergo, which previously traced funds from the $1.4 billion plus token scam. But WAN's claim may not be off by that much. They told Decrypt. Ergo traced transactions from CXC's Block Explorer and said that while they can't independently verify the addresses without installing the scheme's mining malware, WAN's claim is a good first jumping off point. Using blockchain data published by the AK team, Ergo identified clusters of addresses that contain anywhere from 1600 to 1800 BTC or roughly $12 million U.S. That volume is fairly high for this early on in a Ponzi, Ergo noted. Some of these transactions may be made by the scammers to falsify interest, but the smaller transactions are likely token purchases or payouts to token holders, Ergo told Decrypt. They also said that scammers have sent hundreds of Bitcoin to Huobi, Binance, and OKX for liquidation. Twelve million dollars is no petty sum, but it's nothing compared to the two hundred thousand Bitcoin or one point four billion stolen in the Plus Token scam. But antimatter. Kingdom possesses similarities with Plus Token. Like Plus Token, AK's website is scrawled over with gibbering word salad and throws around useless terms and phrases that are further garbled by the linguistic leap from Mandarin to English. And like Plus Token before it, the scheme also makes grand promises of outsized returns. Another curious common link, Antimatter Kingdom claims that its token can be stored in a number of wallets, one of which is... Huobi, or Huobi, whatever. A Chinese exchange that Chainalysis and other independent researchers proved was offering trading to OTCs that held some of the plus token funds. It appears crypto investors can't catch a break. DeForce, a decentralized finance protocol built on Ethereum, lost $25 million in an exploit this weekend after hackers exploited a known vul- vulnerability with an Ethereum token. The attack came right after the Chinese project raised $1.5 seed funding? I don't know, man. That's probably $1.5 million. I. It's hard to tell. I mean, they got an underscore here. Let's see. Uh, now nah, this is just, yeah. Uh, it just says $1.5. Clearly, clearly an omission of either a million or a billion. Uh, who knows? Whatever. What 100 million, let's say. Let's just say $1.5 or $150 million, let's just say that, okay? Anyway, that's gonna do it for round two of Snooze that you can use. All right, I don't have a train wreck for you, okay? I literally have been off my computer. If you've seen me tweet, it's been from my, my phone, okay? Uh, but I have really not been chilling out looking for daily train wrecks. So I don't have one for you today, but I do have a dad joke. Now this one, uh, actually comes from sister cures, S I S T E R K R Y Z on Twitter, also known as Viki. Um, I got this joke because my good friend coin laughs uh, sent it to me, or at least he tagged me in the, uh, in the thread. So I'm very appreciative to you Coinlass, for giving me this one, because honestly, dude, this is too good. My man just tripped and fell while carrying a bunch of clothes that he just ironed. I watched it all unfold. Oh man, that's some high quality. Cringe right there, man. That's some super high quality cringe for your 420. Chicken report. I've been moving the chicken tractor around. uh, Oh, oh, and I found this one out. Okay, check this out. Generally speaking, we put the chickens up in their coop uh, for safety at night. And then we let them out, which means that we have to kind of chase them around to go get them into the chicken tractor, which is not the coop. It's a different thing. Chicken tractor has no floor. It's basically like a little fenced yard that you, like, you know, this chicken wire and I made it out of wood. It's about eight foot long and about four foot wide. And it goes directly on the grass so that the chickens can be chickens, right? So that they can scratch and peck. And they were pulling, yesterday they were pulling earthworms directly out of the ground. Now, those little sons of bitches are voracious, man. Um, but to get them into the tractor, we had to kind of chase them around and, you know, pick them up and get them in there. And it was honestly, it took a long time. And then yesterday, um, I was about to put them in. And what I noticed was, is that I I had forgotten to put their feeder in their coop, which is okay. I mean, they're, they're not going to starve to death in one single night. I mean, honestly, if you're going to starve within any animals, going to starve within like 12 animal 12 hours or something like that, honestly, it's probably already extinct. Um, so after about, you know, eight hours or 10 hours in their coop, when we pulled them out, clearly they're hungry. They're not starving to death, but they're hungry. And I didn't have their feeder in the bottom of the coop for them to automatically hit and start wiping it out. Right. It was actually outside. So I let them out of the coop, they're running around, they're going after grass, doing their scratching thing. And I pick up their feeder and I start walking to the chicken tractor and all, lo and behold. It was like a flock of sheep, man. They just started following after me. They were following, they were running at top speed after me. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, hold on here, pal. So I just put the feeder into the chicken tractor and raise up the chicken tractor high enough where they could get under it. And all six chickens, that was it, they were all in. So that's all I have to do to get my chickens into the chicken tractor is not let them eat in the morning. And then don't wait too long, guys. Uh, But if you want to get them in the chicken tractor this way, uh, right after you let them out of their coop or wherever, and you're using a chicken tractor and want to get them in there, just put their feeder into the chicken tractor and let them get in there all by themselves, and they'll do it. Um, On this 4... Okay, so that's done for the chicken report. On this 420, I wish you guys good tokes, good smokes, and I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and...